This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than... Canisations with Chris. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Canisations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris, and what we do on this podcast is we like to bring on everybody from seed to sale to talk about what we're doing in the industry. There's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of good people out there, and I'm here to shine good light on them. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring them to the forefront. So this gentleman we have on today, I didn't meet him directly, but I met, I think his name was Adam. It was. was, Yeah, Adam. So I met Adam, and he was like, hey, you know, we got somebody, I got somebody I want to introduce you to. So we we went, I think I was in Barry at the Foreman's event, and we were talking about you. He was like, hey, Luke is on his way up. And, I, and sure enough, as soon as we turned around, there yeah, he was. My ears were burning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Told you you're going to live a long time. That's what the old folks used to tell Hope me. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, we got the gentleman himself, the president? President and laboratory director. The president and laboratory director of Biodiagnostics out of Colchester, Vermont. Thank you for coming on. Insert and hand claps here, Joe. Thank you for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. It's a nice day for a ride like that. So, yeah, man, you got me out of the office early. <laughs> hey, good. Hey, that was the plan, right? right? Yeah, it worked Hey, out. I got business I got to tend to. <laughs> hey, it's an honor, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Out. I'm glad you drove all the way up here. It's awesome. I'm glad that. You know, you made time for it, and I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, making a drive up. So, Luke, can you tell us a little bit about who Luke is? Oh, man. Who was Luke? No, yeah. not, not that complicated. <laughs> I was, you know, born and raised in Vermont, just up the street here in uh, Hyde Park on a, you know, sixth-generation dairy farm. Okay. So, you know, good, just standard, you know, middle-class, lower-middle-class Vermont family. Mm-hmm. Went to Lamoille Union High School just down the road with all you know kids from around here. Oh, so this all your stomping ground? Oh yeah, ground. man, it's my oh, hometown. Man, was I wasn't, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know this area well. It's near and dear to me. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I went to you know University of Vermont in the early two thousands, and everyone was smoking weed. Absolutely. You know, at UVM back yeah. then, it was still like the you know the fish Grateful Dead years kind of. Yeah. It's kind of become more of a you know prestigious, expensive like they say public ivy in the last. 15 years, but, you know, definitely in the early 2000s, it was still very much like party school jam band style. Yeah. Um, I can't, I could, I could, I can't, I mean, you know, maybe it's changed a little, but I don't, I don't think it's changed that much. They just yeah. been, you know, they know how to hide it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and they get maybe richer kids to, exactly. to go there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, I had a great experience at UVM. I loved it. Made a lot of good uh, connections, you know, studied uh, environmental science. I thought I was going to be a, you know, save the world environmentalists. And then, you know, life happens. Absolutely. And it's hard to get a career and that sort of thing. You have to be really committed to that. So after I graduated, I went and uh, taught snowboarding in Colorado for a couple of years, you know, have some fun. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was, that was a great time. And from there, I had an opportunity to go to New Zealand for a year, snowboard and travel a little bit. Um, when I was out there, I ended up working at a uh, kiwi fruit horticulture lab was just needed a part-time job and I was too tall to pick the kiwis like you know they grow maybe like five foot eight off the ground so if you're six feet tall it's tough Uh, so I worked in their lab um you know breeding new cultivars of you know like the fuzzy green kiwi fruit 
So that's kind of how I got into food science, um, which was super interesting. Um, it's a lot like how they breed apples, you know, for cloning and that sort of thing. Is it kind of like cannabis cloning? No, it's like, it's like cloning. And, yeah, it's like yeah. cut the branch, but, you know, with an apple, if you take a, you know, a Red Delicious or a Granny Smith and you plant the seed, you're going to get a completely different apple. So they had to plant something like 10,000 seeds and track them over 12 years of growth to find the ones that were most commercially viable. And, I, oh, wow. and then they clone those. So I think out of that, you know, 10,000 seeds, they got three viable strains oh, wow. that now they will clone, you know, essentially forever as long as they can. It's like every uh, Red Delicious apple you've ever eaten is a clone of the same original tree they found in the 1800s. Well, look at that. Right? I didn't even know that. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. That's, that's it. Apples and kiwi fruit um, and people are similar. <laughs> Unless you're going to go clone yourself. Yeah. Well, that's uh, awesome. I didn't. What was New Zealand like? Oh, it was great, man. Everybody loves New Zealand. You know, it's super chill. It's super far away. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy place to, you know, come back and forth from, for sure. But, you know, I had great experiences. People are laid back and, you know, they like to have a good time, just have some barbecues and drink beer and surf. Man, and it sounds great. Oh, absolutely. I can't swim, so surfing will be out <laughs> for me unless you're surfing with a life vest. Do they do that? I don't, I don't think they do. Or the arm floaties, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's me out there on the surfboard. That's <laughs> uh, not happening in Vermont anyway, uh, 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 right? Uh, no. That's crazy. That's why I stick to the mountains, yeah. more, more of a snowboard and snowboarding, that's a, yeah. that's a feat in itself. Well, you grow up around here, you got to do something you gotta in do the it. winters, right? That's right. I got my daughter into snowboarding. Nice, I've man. never. I've cross-country skied once. And I did it for training. And three days after that, I was doing nothing else. Oh, yeah. I was I was done. Yeah, that's, you know? that's tough work. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that was, but I remember seeing people come down slopes moving expeditiously. And I'm like, man, you got some, you got some steel knees or, you know, something good on them kneecaps, man. Cause y'all be putting them, right, putting take, in taking damage. those supplements, maybe. I don't yeah, know. supplements. <laughs> <laughs> um, so via diagnostics. Yeah, man. We, I've, I've, I came to the facility and that was crazy to say the least. <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected when I came in, but it wasn't what I seen. So can you explain a little bit about Bia Diagnostics? Yeah. So, you know, we've come a long way for sure. And when I moved back to Vermont in 2010, which I think I said, you said is when you moved to Vermont. Yeah. Um, so I was gone for a few years, moved back in 2010 and you know, saw the job listing um, for BIA and was lucky to be, you know, one of the first few employees um, that they hired. They opened in 2007 in the old North End um, in like an incubator space that they, Tom Grace and his daughter Hannah um, built out. Um, then I joined in 2010 with Tom's wife, Robin, came on full time. Um, we started expanding a little bit, but we were primarily doing uh, food allergen testing, you know, for like the grocery market, like companies that make gluten-free pretzels or, you know, peanut-free cookies or that sort of thing. Um, so we were doing that out of that space until 2014. We moved to the, the current location in Colchester, you know, which was a great just to have a custom-built space that we could really expand into. Absolutely. Um, still doing the primarily the food allergen testing. And then Tom and his wife, Robin, were involved in 2015, I believe, with a kind of like a think tank locally that was called the Vermont Phytoscience Alliance. It was a kind of a group of business leaders that wanted to get ahead of the legalization game. Um, 
and that nothing really they were kind of ahead of their time nothing really came to fruition of that but you know it, it planted the seed certainly for us getting into the industry so when the uh the hemp you know the usda farm bill you know and cbd came around in 2018 you know we invested to build out the space that you saw so basically you know put a lot of money in there you saw all the equipment it's yeah. it's not cheap man i couldn't i i couldn't even tell you all the gadgets and gizmos that was in there i mean you could i could but, but i don't want to bore you it's <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can understand how it would be boring but these things are are very you know the things we want to know because we see all the you know when we go buy a joint we see all these the name, the the strain, the sure. dominant, or if it's, yeah. you know, or the percentage of THC and CBD. And yeah, I, you know, I take it for granted. I look at it, but still at the same time, I'm like, where are you getting all this information? <laughs> I'm starting to see terpene listings yeah. and things like that. So can you speak about the process of the testing? Sure. And, you know, it depends on exactly which, you know, we say analyte, you know, you're looking for. And so in the sense of, uh, you know, cannabinoid potency, you know, you want to ideally get a representative sample of someone's harvests, you know, here's one of the issues you might, you might end up with 10 pounds of flour, you know, trim flour from your harvest. And we, we only see five grams of that, you know, or less for a test sample. So that's something, you know, I know the state's working on, we're working with them a little bit to really determine what a a representative sample should be because um, they're selling this with, the, you know, the say 20% THC for a whole, you know, 10 pounds based on a, a three to five gram yeah. sample size. Yeah. What is the process of, if, if that's okay for you to speak uh, on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's the process of like the testing? So we get the sample that we get, you know, that the producer brings to us. Uh, we grind it up as finely as possible. So it's more uh, homogenous, we say, like evenly mixed. Is it more of like a, just to put it in a st two-stage grinder or four-stage yeah, grinder? just a coffee grinder. Oh, okay. You know, we clean it, we sanitize it yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But um, yeah, it's just, just a pretty much run-of-the-mill coffee grinder. Works really well. Um, so then we take what's called an analytical test portion from that. You know, we take a gram, um, put that in a test tube, and that gets extracted with an organic solvent. To get, you know, it gets all the cannabinoids out, but leaves all the, the stem, the fiber, the plant material, you know, separate. And we just essentially shake that really well for a period of time and then centrifuge it to get all the, you know, the sticks and stems out and that sort of thing. So you're left with a nice, uh, well, it's very green still because you get the chlorophyll as well, but, you know, a nice liquid layer um, that you then filter um, just to get any other particulates out. And from that, you do a further dilution into an organic solvent, and then you run it through one of these scientific instruments. One of the the three huge machines. Oh, one of the four. One of the yeah, four. But yeah. in, in terms of cannabinoids, you know, it's it's called high performance liquid or high pressure liquid chromatography, and you know, there's some great YouTube videos on this. People can look it up, kind of you know, illustrating what's happening here. But you're separating the compounds by charge and polarity, you know, and time, making a really good effort to do the important uh, things here when it comes to public safety. The food regulation is pretty well laid out. You know, they got it figured out. Obviously, there's still outbreaks. You know, in spinach, you'll have E. coli outbreaks and that sort yeah. of thing. How does that work? Is it That's because... contaminated water usually, oh, that sort Lord. of thing. Yeah, it usually comes down to that. You know, if there's salmonella and like cantaloupe or, you know, something like that. It's, it's usually contaminated irrigation water. 
um, is the number one thing in terms of the pathogens for, you know, making people sick on a, on a large scale. You know, they've got like the beef industry is, is pretty well regulated, zero tolerance, E. coli. So is it like the same? It's probably not. But is it like the same realm between the testing of the two? In a way. I mean, is they, it like grind up the meat and, you yeah, know, man. throw some stuff on it to see if it. Yeah, they have a lot better. They have a lot more uh, regulated like sample sizes and, you know, what people are required to send in based on, you know, how many pounds of things they're they're producing, you know, that sort of thing. That's that's a lot more um, laid out for people when, you know, here it's it doesn't matter how big a crop you have. It's always you just have to send in one sample for potency, you know, and a harvest lot composite for, you know, pathogens and pesticides. Um, usually these things do tend to be pretty ubiquitous. You know, if you're going to have pesticides on a product, it's going to be hard to find, you know, some flour that doesn't have it. The same with any significant amount of pathogens. What would be like, like pesticides, you mean like sprays and yeah, sprays. Like you know, that. I think what people are figuring out, which they didn't realize at first, is that if you use pesticides on a mother, the clones can carry over those for like a couple generations in some cases, you know, or if you use uh, some other kinds of pesticides in a, in a sprayer when you're doing a legacy grow and then, you know, you use the same sprayer on a, you know, a regulated grow, it, you'll get some contamination there. I don't think anyone's been trying to game the system. No one's trying to use. Purposely put yeah, stuff. Absolutely in not. Yeah. I think we're just kind of figuring out, you know, where these uh, accident, accidental contamination sources come from. I think most people have really good intentions in the Vermont market. Absolutely. I think so, too. I don't think nobody's uh, out here trying to no. kill the customer. No, <laughs> no. And, you know, I'm very uh, aware that, you know, people have a lot of money on the line here. And, you know, if, if we make mistakes, it can have serious, you know, implications for people's financial situations or businesses. So, you know, I understand why people get stressed about this sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, we want to make we always want to make sure you know we're reporting the right thing out and if people disagree we want to you know double check and get to the bottom of anything um so we're always really willing and happy to you know to work with people to find out where if there are issues you know where are they coming from yeah i enjoy that that part of the job That's you good. know the, the, the troubleshooting the with the with the customer exactly because like you said it's zero tolerance yeah. in the food industry and and which it should be you know um and mistakes can be made but it's awesome that they can be like hey i don't think that this is right and you'll be like okay well let's see what we can do yeah you know absolutely. That's, that's a that's a real positive you know side of it yeah you know it's always been a customer service has always been a really important part of our our business model you know you, it has to be it's because gotta be. you got to come back. <laughs> right. I'm not saying the customer is always right, but certainly I'll have the conversation. They might be. <laughs> they might be. Exactly. That's, and I want to know. You know, I spoke about some things before, but that's why I was so curious about testing, because, like I said, you see all these one points and terps and all types of testing terps and sure. how that is. Can you speak on like, I know we spoke about the cannabinoids, but is it the yeah. same concept with, like, terpenes? It's, it's a little bit different. You know, it's it's still a similar, similarly uh, complicated, you know, instrument. But all of these things that are, you know, volatile, just inherently they will vol volatilize into the air. You know, like terpenes and solvents are a little bit tougher to test because it's it changes, you know, depending on how you, they store the sample, you know, like that things can volatilize. That's why you, when you open a container, you know, you can 
it smells really good. And that's the terpenes volatilizing. So, you know, you have to have a really good method and you have to have good calibrations, you know, and also understand that, you know, it needs to be representative of how the, the customer is handling the sample. You know, we want to make sure we test it fresh and quickly. But basically, yeah, it's just measuring the, the gases that come off it, essentially. Oh, the gases. Well, I mean, the aromatics coming aromatics, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how how is like, it's it's crazy. Like you got a machine that tells you what the smells are. Yeah. Like right? I'm, I'm kind of like trying to well, figure out. To get a little more in depth into it, you know, it literally volatilizes, like it heats up and like evaporates the sample and then runs the uh the compounds through you know basically a um, mass spectrometer which is a really sensitive detector that can filter out other things you're not looking for and then it gets detected and it actually compares it to a what's called the NIST database it's a national database that's been populated by research institutes and all of these sort of you know people might do their entire PhD on qualifying one new terpene to add to this database you know what I mean um, so we have our list of terpenes that we test for, that we have standards for, and there's always more, you know, we could always add more. It's just, um, you know, the standards are expensive. It's, you can't offer a thousand terpenes in every result. So we try and pick the most uh, popular ones, certainly. But if there's new terpenes that become popular in the industry and, you know, people want to know, we can certainly add that to the panel. Well, I know that terpenes are very new just to... I'm hearing a lot about them lately, right? Yeah, exactly. We've been seeing more testing there. Um, uh, one of my questions when I first started was, uh, at the end, I like to ask people about how we smoke. And one of them was sativas, indicas, or hybrids. But then I've been doing and learning so much about what's going on that that's, I mean, stealing it from a t-shirt, it says it's lazy marketing. You know, and it really is. So you can, and like, this is something that is growing. And I think we need to familiarize ourselves with the terpene Absolutely. because the terpene profiles is really where it's at. Right. Terpenes over THC. Terpenes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a clinician. I'm not doing any clinical studies here or anything like that, you know. And I've heard the same that, you know, the sativa and indica doesn't really isn't really relevant anymore because there's been so much, you know, crossbreeding and hybridizing. Honestly, I don't even know what <laughs> I like to smoke. You know, I don't pick and choose. I don't smoke that much. I'll take a hit, you know, at yeah. night and just, I like something that makes me, you know, feel like a, feel like a warm hug and I can yeah. just Ooh. chill out and eat some Ben and Jerry's. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some do dough that you would like yeah, to smoke. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> I, um, I sent my mother some because it's it helps with sleep yeah um, I, I like to i got it from tried it from clean cannabis but their dosey dough it was very sleepy you know yeah. it was very down and so i sent that to her and saying that is your 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 glass of wine there you for go. the evening you know what i'm saying like you've had a good you've had a day you're done with it. Yeah. And this is what you should smoke. Yeah, I to, like that. To 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 calm calm your nerves. You know what I'm saying? Ease out. Watch some TV. That's what I need. And eat some Ben and Jay. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Support local. Exactly. So it's just it's good that you and your company and other people's out there that are changing the sativas, indicas, and hybrids because, like I said, it's way more than that. It is. Yeah. So it's good that people. Uh, are starting to grasp that, you know. Absolutely. I think there's obviously more work to be done on really Absolutely. understanding it. But. Ten years from now, 
this is going to be lazy marketing. Terpenes yes. is lazy marketing. <laughs> right. We'll look back. Yeah. We're like, man, we done came a long way. <laughs> I'm, uh, it's funny. Like it's, it, we're almost a hundred years into prohibition. Yeah. Like that's cannabis. crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a right. hundred years isn't on the grand scheme of things. A hundred years isn't that long. Like it's, it's long for a human life. It's long for a human. But on the grand scheme, like a hundred years ain't that long. No. Now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, true. it's awesome that here we are turning the page. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I mean, well, what alcohol prohibition only lasted for five years or exactly. something. Exactly. Like it didn't that. last long. <laughs> <laughs> this one we could hold on to it a little they held on to it a little bit longer. Oh, but a little too long. Exactly. And yeah. that's why I'm glad like it's starting to it's changing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I guess when I was smoking in college and everything i wasn't you know i wasn't thinking about the safety aspects or any of that but i'm sure we were smoking some pesticides oh and- <laughs> man it's funny because like when i first heard of testing and things like that i'm like man 10 years ago there was no such thing as let me test your weed and see what kind of thc yeah. or cannabinoids you got no oh, that was none of that it's qualitative it, testing exactly <laughs> here let me hit it does it get yeah. me high yeah all right well it's good That's it. <laughs> you know that was all what it was about but you we never considered where it came from we never considered how it was handled yeah um i remember getting brick weed and it just being flat i was like i had never seen a weed plant before so i was just like all right this is what this is what it is. And then seeing and becoming growing up and realizing and looking back, like, yeah, who knows? I don't know where it came <laughs> from. I who remember knows what was in there. Exactly. I yeah. remember this girl uh, told me about uh, they were putting cat litter. Oh, God. And you sure it wasn't catnip? Uh, uh, Maybe catnip. No, it was, I don't forgot what it was spraying it with some type of cat something. Oh, okay. But it was something to get you high for a little while and oh. it mimics the psychoactive effects. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be confusing. You could be smoking some dirt weed that's been sprayed with some type of chemical and okay. you think it is. Yeah. So it's like we never considered where our flower came from. We was just. Hey, let me get a bag. Right. You know what I'm saying? And our our bud tender was telling us, oh, this is some good weed, or they would just hand us the bag, one of the two. <laughs> that, <laughs> so, those are the only options. <laughs> exactly. That's all we had. So we were the testers back then. Yeah, the absolutely. <laughs> but it's great that now we can consider where our flower comes from. Like and know that it's coming from tested facilities. Yeah, and just passionate growers, you know, exactly. some, some regulation. Exactly. For sure. And that's and and honestly, that's what I think it's all about is that passion, you know. Yeah. Like, no, it's, everyone's super passionate in the industry here that yeah, it's I, great to see. It's great to see that passion. You know what I'm saying? And it shows through a lot of their flowers. Oh yeah. There yeah. Is. I mean, compare this to anything I used to see. <laughs> yeah, no comparison. Keep up the good work, everybody. Hey, please. And if you can do better, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know if you can. Well, not with that thirty percent uh, THC cap, yeah, you can't do much better. Man. Well, do you think that'll ever is is there a way? Like I said, ten years from now, we'd be like thirty oh, percent THC cap. Yeah, I think you know? I think that'll change sooner. It will sooner than then for sure. Well, how? I mean, is it something that's you know doable? Growing over 30%? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't see, we see maybe 1% to 2% of flower samples we test are just, okay. just over 30%. Yeah. You know, it's not, maybe if you were trying, you could get up there to 32 something. Yeah. You know, I don't know. 32%. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a cultivator. <laughs> Let's hope and pray somebody out there can hit a 
a 30 plus. I'm sure there's some high times, you know, yeah. Eddie, whatever the cannabis cup winners. Well, it's got to be in Vermont. You know, we, yeah. it's got to be a Vermont grower mm -hmm. that hit that 30%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely had a, a couple samples that were, you know, solidly above 30. What? Again, you know, it could have been the best, the best flowers of their best crop. You know, yeah, like yeah. I can't say that the whole, the whole crop would have been, but. Crazy. But then they can't sell it as flour. You know, they have to process it, sell it as biomass for extraction, essentially. Yeah. So, kind of sh shoots themselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> get to twenty. What get to twenty nine point yeah, eight? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out how to there's, get to twenty nine point eight, and then just pop that cap off. Again, when if it gets if that that's third. what you're going for, if exactly. the THC levels are what you're yeah. going for, you know. But. No, I've, I've I've seen people. You know, when I was working as a butt tender, I've seen people who come in and say, give me the strongest stuff you got. And then there are people who come in and be like, hey, I tried this and I did, I liked it, but I want to try something different, yeah. you know? And they'll, some people come in and like, I need some for work and I need some for after work. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it's awesome to see like, you know, people are really getting in tune with their cannabis and what they, you know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, people are starting to figure it out. And I mean, anecdotal, yeah, personal testing. That's you know, it. You gotta, it's huge. I think that's a lot of the data we need. Yeah, it's great, man. Well, look, thank you so much, man. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was. It's it's so crazy because, like, like I said, testing is such a a new thing for for the Vermont industry. For the Vermont industry, <laughs> yeah, 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 and for even for us to see. I've never got a bag from my bud to oh, had sure. terpenes and stuff <laughs> on it. Didn't right. have any, didn't come with descriptions and whatnot. Yeah. You know, so it's awesome that you, there's a company out there who, you know, who can give the, the public not even knowing that they need to be safe, but a safety net to be like, Hey, everything that you're smoking has been tested, has been ran through the, 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 the million dollar ringer <laughs> and we can, it's, it's good, you know, yeah. and what we put on the description is that. We're happy to be here. Glad to be here and really grateful, you know, of all our customers and yeah. just the whole industry in general. I have to imagine this, you, you probably handle a lot of flour. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not me personally. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, just your company is just oh, yeah. a lot of flour comes through oh, that. For sure, man. That's flour great. and other products, you yeah, know, other stages course. of production. Yeah. yeah. Do y'all test edibles too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. That yeah. kind of brings the bird merges the the bridges right there with yeah. the food and oh, you yeah. know is that kind of like the same thing? I'm, I know we yeah, said yeah. we're gonna wrap no, it up. No, more. But. I mean, basically, yeah. There's yeah. different. There's different ways to extract the edibles and process them. You know, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, and the same with you know tinctures, extracts, concentrates, rosins. You know, all that stuff. All essentially the same. Just a different, very different concentrations of cannabinoids. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You got. You got to account for that. In your, yeah. In your math. Yeah. It's it, it's funny because I'll see, like you said, like concentrates is more, like maybe sixty, seventy percent. Oh yeah. You know. So, but then there, I've seen people to be like, they can be stronger, and I'm like. It's you, pretty you, can make, you can make them stronger. Yes. I don't know if you want it stronger. <laughs> trying to turn this into a zombie, my man. Yeah. Maybe some people are. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, like I said, man, thank you for coming out. I'm glad you drove all the way up here to to give your knowledge to the community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always, always glad to I get out there, you know, and again, just kind of hear what other people are doing too is really great, you know, because sometimes we can be a little, you know, secluded in the lab, but we like to get out to events and everything when we can to really understand what's going on. Yeah. 
got a when I was a baker, that's what I was always painting the walls. I was behind the walls, always didn't know what was going on, you know, because you pack making bread. Exactly. <laughs> there was no windows. I go oh, in at wow. four in the morning. And when you I come out, see sunlight. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm Dracula coming out. <laughs> but it's good that you're getting out and doing this. So I greatly appreciate that you taking the time to come up here, give us your information and things like that. Can you tell us where to find you? Be a, for it, find oh, be a diagnostic. Yeah, man. I mean, in physical location, you know, 480 Hercules Drive in Colchester. If you're a, a grower, just a home grower, you know, you can just stop in during the week and drop off a sample, you know. Try to make it as easy as possible, but we're also on Instagram, you know, be a diagnostics laboratories, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, and you feel free to shoot me an email, uh, Luke at be a diagnostics.com if anyone has any questions. That's how I found them, Luke at be a, di- be a, be a diagnostics. Yeah, that's it. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> well, thank you and thank y'all for listening. I appreciate y'all. Y'all know where to find me, Canisaceous Podcast on Instagram. I got some more stuff cooking. And you say a home grows can bring somebody? Absolutely, man. Hey, you want to get it tested? How I got, you know what I'm saying? I might have to <laughs> see what I got back there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, man, once again, thank you for coming out. Thank y'all for listening. Canisations Podcast. This is Canisations with Chris. I'm Chris. And y'all stay blazing and stay amazing. And we out. There you go. You got a good uh, outro there. I like that. <laughs>